Welcome back to Africa Science Focus, the weekly science and development show from SciDevNet. I'm Okichi Ikeanyao. In this episode, we spotlight a remarkable collaboration between the University of Zambia and the Hokkaido University in Japan. Together, they've developed a new rapid diagnostic kit with the potential to change the way Ebola virus is managed in the African region. Between 2014 and 2016, there was an outbreak of Ebola in West Africa. First dictated in Guinea, it quickly spread to the neighboring countries of Sierra Leone and Liberia and reached other countries, including those on the European and American continent. Over the course of the outbreak, the World Health Organization reported that more than 28,000 people were infected and over 11,000 people died. To understand the significance of this innovation, let's first take a brief journey into the history of the Ebola virus. Ebola, a highly contagious and often deadly virus, has been a persistent threat to countries in Africa. Outbreaks dating back to the virus's discovery near the Ebola River in Democratic Republic of Congo in 1976 have posed serious health challenges. Ebola is a form of hemorrhagic fever. It causes flu-like symptoms, including fever, fatigue, and muscle pains. These are followed by vomiting, diarrhea, rash, and internal and external bleeding. According to the World Health Organization and the African Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the Ebola virus has been responsible for devastating outbreaks, causing significant loss of life and economic disruption. One of the critical factors in managing Ebola outbreaks is early and accurate diagnosis. In past outbreaks, timely identification of cases proved challenging and led to increased transmission and difficulty in containing the virus. According to the World Health Organization, during the West African Ebola outbreak in 2014, delayed diagnosis contributed to the rapid spread of the virus across multiple countries. The collaboration between researchers at the University of Zambia in the School of Veterinary Medicine and their counterparts at the Center for Zoonosis Control, Hokkaido University, Japan, has seen the development of a new tool for testing Ebola virus known as QuickNavi. This test is deliberately simple to use and can test for Ebola in as little as 10 minutes. Dr. Katandi Changula spearheaded the creation of this kit. She's a senior lecturer and researcher at the Department of Paraclinical Studies School of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Zambia. She spoke to us about why quick and accessible tests like this are so important. One of the things that had been happening in a lot of, in the majority of Ebola virus outbreaks is that months would go by before it is actually diagnosed as Ebola. Because one thing that you need to know is that Ebola comes with symptoms of normal tropical diseases like malaria-like symptoms, um, yellow fever-like symptoms. So these are diseases that are found in our in, 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 in within Africa. So people would be treated for these other diseases without them knowing that it's actually Ebola. So what what this kit does is is it it helps to reduce the time between the initial uh, outbreak or the first person and the confirmation to say this is actually Ebola. And because of that, it actually reduces the number of people who get into touch with that person. And then the number of people then subsequently get infected. So basically, it limits the outbreak. And that is the biggest um, uh, thing that we want to take away from with this test is that we need to limit the outbreaks. And limiting outbreaks means early detection. Early detection means that simple test that is rapid and easily deployable in the field, easily used in the field. And that is what this test is. 
Quick Navi promises faster and more accurate results and could be a potential game changer in managing outbreaks of Ebola virus disease. So how was this kit developed? Dr. Katandi tells us. This idea started in 2010. I conceived this idea and then um, together with our colleagues from the um, Hokkaido University, then I was able to put the idea into fruition. In 2010, I got a scholarship for PhD under an organization called SACIDS that was funded by the Wellcome Trust. And um, in that, um, uh, under the, there were several um, themes under that uh, program. And then I chose the theme of uh, development of tests for filoviruses. So then with, um, I had a mentor who is uh, a prof Professor Justine Masumo from UPN University in, Kinsh in Kinshasa, DRC. And he suggested that um, we make a rapid test for filovirus uh, diagnosis. So uh, when I say filovirus, um, that's the, the family that the Ebola virus belongs to, Mabic virus belongs to. So that was basically where the idea started. But then how to go about it, that was where the problem was because um, we didn't have the facilities, the technology, the know-how about how to go about it. But we did realize that it was important to have a rapid test. So that is how um, my supervisor at that time, who was also the dean of the School of Veterinary Medicine, Professor Mwene, reached out to Professor Takada from um, the International Institute for Zoonosis Control in Hokkaido University, Japan. And uh, that's where the collaboration began. The kit is very easy to use. Dr. Katandi tells us why this is so and explains the process of using the kit. Ebola was a disease of, of um, third world nations. And even in those third world nations, it was not a disease of the city. It was a disease of, of um, the remote areas in the forest. So really nobody paid much attention to, to making a test like, um, like the one that we made. And one of the, the effects of, of there being a lack of, of uh, field-adapted tests was that because the outbreaks were starting in remote areas that were very, very far away from any um, lab with sophisticated equipment, because previously you had to have sophisticated equipment to do the diagnosis of Ebola. And so because of that, the outbreak would start and a lot of people would die because people would be getting infected. And it's only when you started getting healthcare workers getting sick that people would then have think about and say, what are we looking at? Is Could it be Ebola? Because then you have healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, people in the clinics getting sick and dying. And then that is when attention would be paid to the disease. And it would take even up to three to four months from the initial outbreak to the point where the disease is then finally diagnosed as Ebola. That is how long it would take. Even the West African outbreak took several months before it was actually diagnosed as Ebola because it started in the remote regions, but it kept on amplifying until it went into the cities. So the reason why we made the test was we wanted to make sure that even in the remote areas where there is no electricity, 
There is no um, it's sophisticated laboratory equipment, even sophisticated know-how on how to run the equipment. You can have a simple test that any simple clinician can use and be able to detect the disease and to stop transmission at that point to reduce further transmission and to limit the outbreak to just the first few cases. So how do health workers use this kit? And what training do they need when working with such a dangerous disease? The kit comes with a self-explanatory um, the labeling and packaging on how to use the kit. But of course, even the initial time when we went to DRC, and we worked with the individuals who are involved in testing for um, Ebola virus. We're able to then show them how the the, the kit is used. But it's it's so um the, the the biggest thing about this Ebola testing kit is not about the use of the kit, but it is about how the people using the kit can protect themselves from infection. So it's basically because it's a level four pathogen, so you have to handle it with care. That is why we, the, the healthcare workers that use the kits already know the, how to um, protect their, themselves, um, how to use the basic PPE and the PPE measures. So the use of the kit itself is not complicated. So um, as long as the, the, anybody who, is, who has worked in the lab and reads the packaging is able to, to do the test. Dr. Joseph Ndembe works at the School of Veterinary Services in the Disease Control Department at the University of Zambia. He sheds light on some of the challenges with the rapid diagnostic kit when deployed in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Anybody can, of course, the kit is easy. You can use it within 10 minutes. It's easier friendly and things like that. But because of the nature of the virus that is able to detect, we need skilled personnel. That's one limitation. Then two you can't buy this kit and take it at your place in case there is there's a problem there then you do it yourself because of the nature of the virus you may be just able to 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 to, to spread the virus to other people so that's a reason those are some of the limitations that are there because despite this kit being user friendly you can only use it in controlled environment which in this case is hospitals and things like that so that's the major limitation of this kit. We can't, it's user-friendly, but you can't do it at all. You have to do it in a controlled environment. Dr. Joseph spoke to us about accessibility of the kit for African countries who require it. From my view, I don't think there, um, there are any logistical challenges. All that we may need is platform like your case, like uh, the, the one that you've given to us where we can roll out this this idea to other countries where they're able to know that there's actually something like this that is actually working well and it will actually help. And in terms of the company that is producing this kit, they, according to the information that we have at hand, uh, they are ready to produce as many as you can depending on the need and the quantity that people want. But for now, what we wanted is that people first should know that there is this kit that people can actually use. And if the emergencies, that's why you've seen even where there are emergencies, we don't go there to go and sell this kit, we just go and donate. For the purpose of people knowing that this kit is there and is able to, to, to help in that regard. Uh, the plans are is that this kit has, has not been developed to Zambia alone, but it has been developed for the world. So meaning, 
if we are able to use it, Congo is able to use it, meaning the whole Africa and the entire world at large are free to use it. So all that we need is platform like your case, where we'll be able now to share this information with people to say there is this kit around which can be useful. Not all which can be useful in terms of uh, uh, diagnostic of Ebola elsewhere. And that information, if it's out there, then maybe we may talk about logistical challenges and things like that. But as it stands, we don't have any of those. And the plans of loading it out, we want everyone else affected by Ebola to have this kit so that they'll be able to make quick decisions based on the result that will be, they'll be getting from the kit. Professor Ayoto Takada is in the Division of Global Epidemiology at the International Institute for Zoonosis Control of Hokkaido University in Japan. He was part of the Japanese team that helped develop the kit. He talked to us about how the kits were developed. The, 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 our antigen detection kit uh, does not require the electricity and does not require any particular specific uh, equipment. And uh, our, that kit is very stable and the, it can be stored uh, ideally in the refrigerator and for the, that, that can be used at least one or two years in the refrigerator. And if we think about the situation of the Ebola outbreaks, the, it will it it occurs in in the remote area, but usually that doesn't have any any you know uh, advanced laboratory. So in in that in the, that kind of area, uh, they the clinical person in my doctor or nurse anyway they they can just collect blood and then drop one 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 drop onto the the kit and then they can they can diagnose and um, that, that I think that is very that, that is one of the advantage of our kit that is an antigen detection kit so that is very uh, very uh, very friendly to African situation I think Another limitation of the quick navy detection kit is that it cannot detect the Sudan Ebola virus. Professor Ayato tells us why this is so. In that family, that family, I mean that member of Ebola virus, there are some different uh, viruses. The, the Ebola virus, that is a prototype of that in, in that member, that is basically you know the produce most more. Uh, many they produce the outbreaks many times in the past. Ebola virus, the prototype. So we call that previously Zaire Ebola virus. And but uh, in in that Ebola virus group, there are some other viruses: Sudan virus, Bundibugyoga virus, Typhoid virus, and Rissom virus. All these are known to cause uh, hemorrhagic fever in humans or in a human primates. And uh, they, 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 these viruses are actually very different. We, we call that antigenically different. That means that some, some antibodies to Ebola virus cannot react to Sudan virus. So in that kit, uh, we used some antibodies that is specific to Ebola virus and the Bundibujo virus and the, the Typhoid virus, but not Sudan. So we have to change the antibodies used in the kit 
to detect Sudan virus. But already we produced such a such kit, and it's, it's we we can we can produce that the kit. But they, they recently used the Quick Navi, the the prototype, the first one. It's Ebola uh, specific. I mean Ebola, the Bundy virus, the Ivory, the Thai forest specific. So we have to make a, a we have to improve the kit to detect all all these viruses. Actually, it was it was already done, but it's 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 uh, <laughs> it's 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 a um, just a, the the test stage. The the previous one prototype is has been approved by Japanese government already, but the second improved one has to be tested in clinical setting. For example, during the outbreak of Sudan virus. Ebola antibodies are an essential part of these test kits, and Dr. Katandi Changula developed the antibodies required for the kit to be accurate. She tells us the process of producing these antibodies. So um, basically, um, I, I, I'm sure we all know what antibodies are. When the body gets infected by any foreign um, organism, then the body is going to um, produce a response to that foreign organism. And what you normally get as a response to that organism is what we call polyclonal antibodies. So the antibodies are effective against a lot of different parts or segments of that virus or bacteria or something. But to make a test like this, we need to be very sure of the type of antibodies that they had to be very specific. So these are what are called monoclonal antibodies that are only specific for a specific area of the virus. So that um, when you want to produce a test, you know that it is always going to pick up the virus because of that specific part of the virus that it is identifying. So what we what the process was to make monoclonal antibodies, and how is that done? Uh, the first thing that we had to do was actually make a, a virus that simulates make a virus particle that simulates the Ebola virus, but is not infectious. So basically, maybe I could say like an outer casing or outer shell of the virus that that is actually or looks like authentic virus, but cannot produce itself, so cannot infect. So that when you then then you uh, we what, we made what are called virus-like particles that is involving three of the seven genes of the Ebola virus, and that basically created a shell of the virus that made it look like it was an authentic virus. Injected that into mice. And then the, the mice responded because so the mice responded by making many different antibodies. So the polyclonal antibodies. So there was many different parts of that virus-like particle. And then what we had to do then now was to actually get the, the antibodies from the mice. And antibodies, we use the spleen of the mice because we have a lot of... Um, the, the B cells in the spleen, those are the ones that produce antibodies. And we basically cultured those cells and extracted like one, how, how can I put it, like one cell in one well. So like we tried to get an individual cell. Sometimes we couldn't, sometimes we could, but you dilute it in such a way that you're only getting one cell so that that one cell is only producing one type of antibody. Because what we didn't want was the polyclonal, we wanted the monoclonal, a specific one. 
So we got, uh, I think in that we had 127 different cells producing different antibodies. And then from those um, 127 cells, we then had to see which antibodies could pick up the virus infection better. So we then had to do several tests to say which antibody has a stronger response to the virus, like particle, the, 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 the one that we created. So from that 127, we narrowed it down to 10 different antibodies that were picking up with, uh, strongly the um, Ebola virus, as well as other filoviruses that also, uh, other Ebola viruses that have caused uh, disease in humans. Because we don't only have one specific type of Ebola virus that causes disease in humans, we have several. So what we wanted was to have something that was cross-reactive so that as long as it's an Ebola virus, it should peak. So from those seven, I mean, from those 10 um, that we had narrowed it down to, um, with the help of the the company that produced the test, that is the commercial, uh, the company is called Denka, um, then we were able to then narrow down to two that were very, very strong. And then those two are the ones that were used in the test. So to actually pick up the 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 virus-like particle. And then following that, we then, because remember, we were not using actual real virus, we were using um, uh, a pseudo-virus or, uh, or a shell, let me say like a shell of the virus. So obviously we had to then see if it worked with the actual virus, and that is how we were able to collaborate with our colleagues in the Democratic Republic of Congo, who have had several Ebola virus outbreaks, and they have Ebola virus um, positive samples, and were able to then run tests um, in the DRC, as well as doing some other laboratory tests in some um, in the lab that also um, uh, cultivates the live virus. So basically, that was the process. Dr. Katandi also shared the challenges she faced while producing the antibodies for the kit. Even just the process of making the monoclonal antibodies takes a long time. It took us about five months to actually produce the monoclonal antibodies before we could even start um, thinking of sending them to, to, to Denta company for the actual production of the physical test. So, and after that, of course, we had, multi, we had to do multiple tests at some point when we made the first prototype was made, it didn't work very efficiently. Um, it was able to detect, but it was not detecting so well. And the, the biggest challenge really was that at that time, because I remember I started this process in 2010. And um, at that time, people knew, not many people knew about Ebola. It was not a disease that people would then say that uh, we really need a test for Ebola because it, it was a disease of poor nations in remote regions. Nobody really cared. But then what happened to actually accelerate the test was that there was the outbreak of Ebola in, in West Africa in 2014. I'm sure you are aware of that. I think that is when the majority of the world got to know about Ebola because at that time the device had even been put on the shelf because it was not working efficiently. Um, the company that was um, was producing it 
really was concentrating on other things that were commercially viable. So when the outbreak um, occurred, they basically remembered that we have this product and went back to it and were able to refine it in such a way that it was then um, um, working better than it had been before. And that is why then in, 20, um, I think I was 2015, um, okay. that's when we went to DRC to test the, with the actual um, samples that had been in, that the DRC had from previous outbreaks. So it's not been um, a smooth uh, process, really. It's been a process of a long word. It takes long to do, and then it got interrupted, and then was resumed. And uh, finally, we have a product that is in use, that is available for use. Dr. Sheila Makaila uses the quick Navi Ebola detection kit in the field. She works at the National Institute of Biomedical Research at the University Clinics of Kinshasa in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And she speaks to us about how the tests are used in the Democratic Republic of Congo, a country where there are frequent Ebola outbreaks. Quick Navy uh, is a rapid diagnosis test that uh, we use uh, in the field as a first screening test to rule out uh, Ebola infection before confirming the diagnosis with a PCR test. So uh, this uh, gives us uh, uh, a quick idea uh, on uh, uh, which sample might be positive or negative on, uh, uh, with a PCR. And then uh, the information uh, will be used to rapidly start with a case management intervention in the Ebola uh, treatment center, such as uh, isolating patients in uh, triage uh, units to avoid subsequent contamination while waiting for PCR results. And also, um, there is another benefit uh, for uh, mainly lab workers. You know, uh, knowing that um, one sample is positive or negative for lab workers uh, can reduce a little bit the stress of handling such dangerous uh, samples in the lab. She also recounts her experience using the test during an Ebola outbreak in the Democratic Republic of Congo and the impact the kit had in managing the cases. The first time uh, was uh, in uh, uh, Bikoro. In Bikoro, as you know, uh, uh, PCR tests is uh, not easy to deploy in the field because of uh, uh, all uh, logistic. Uh, uh, problem that we have in our countries, and uh, uh, when we 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 arrived in the field during uh, the outbreak in Bikoro in uh, 2018, uh, we didn't have any other um, um, diagnosis uh, tool to confirm the diagnosis uh, of Ebola. Uh, uh, in the field during the outbreak. So we started using Quick Navy. And uh, at that time, I can say that it, uh, we had a very good result because we uh, uh, considered actually those results to uh, start with uh, the case management uh, implementation. And then after that, when we, we were able to, uh, uh, to deploy the PCR uh, test 
then we confirm uh, the diagnosis with uh, with PCR. I think that uh, the, we had actually uh, at that time hundred uh, uh, percent uh, of uh, sensitivity. Yes, we, after confirmation with uh, with PCR. So we have uh, a good exper experience uh, on using uh, quick navy tests in the field. Actually, uh, apart from uh, deploying the kit uh, uh, during outbreaks. Uh, we deployed also uh, the quick navy kit in uh, uh, regions with a high risk uh, of uh, Ebola outbreaks for preparedness. So uh, the kit uh, uh, is uh, yes used also for preparedness uh, in the country. That's all from us at Africa Science Focus today. If you want to find out more, head to the SciDevNet website. That's www.sci. DEV.net. Today's show was produced by Alice Hurst with editing and reporting by Ogechi Kianyawo and Titilope Fadari. I'm Ogechi Kianyawo. Until next time, it's goodbye. This project was funded by the European Journalism Center through the Solutions Journalism Accelerator. The fund is supported by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback about our podcast episodes, let us know at podcast.sidev.net. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station.